Welcome to The Theology of the Buddy, a podcast for Catholics who love the beauty of the Church's sacred tradition. This is episode 90. My name is Brooke, Queen of Carbs, McStraussenheimer. If you are looking to grow in the faith in new ways, looking to connect with other faithful Catholics who are committed to helping you grow closer to our blessed Lord, find out how to save 15% or more on your auto insurance, or you're simply looking for other Catholic voices who are willing to speak the truth without compromise and who like to have fun in the process, you've come to the right place. We're not experts, but we have learned a lot over the 15 plus years we've been friends in the faith, and we want to share that with you. So if you aren't yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you are listening to ensure that you get the best Catholic candid conversations delivered to you every week. Don't forget to drop by TheologyOfTheBuddy.com for all of our show notes and past episodes. While you're at it, don't forget to follow us on social media so you can keep up to date with all of the great content we are sending out. Tim wrote that pre-roll and I was not ready for it the first time and I'm not ready for it the second time. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, you got to do that more often. Keeps things interesting. Oh yeah, no, I will absolutely (laughs) sabotage randomly. So it's coming. I'm here for it. So how's life at the uh, McStraussenheimer house in Heimer? It's good. We were sick with the, uh, with the vidi vid. Oh, really? That wasn't bad. It was, it was pretty mild, pretty tame for us anyway. So I was grateful for that. We pulled through, Mm -hmm. stayed home. I was, I was probably more worried, but you know, the kids were fine. Yeah. We were all fine. We were all fine. We're all fine. Dog's fine. Kids are fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move along. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's it. You only get one banter a day. <laughs> I have no more extemporaneous natural thoughts to say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's I, all just scripted from here on out. I entered into here, this relationship expecting From here on out, we are solely banter. shooting the Thomism straight out. <laughs> yes. 100%. I'm only talking about the unnamed as yet topic of this podcast name it go ahead do your worst mcstraussenheimer <laughs> oh that's already say used. it again Ooh, say it again <laughs> <laughs> oh man now I the toxic trad wife phenomenon yeah there's this weird thing happening with uh the hashtag trad wife mike was mentioned it to me the other day and uh it just kind of blew my mind so what mm. what did you see on it was twitter right yeah yeah it was just a thread of you know something that's kind of typical on twitter which is like young people talking about how they want to get married and blah 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 especially on catholic twitter there's a lot of people that are like oh, i just want to get married and find a good spouse blah 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 which is good but then i see a whole thread of guys that are like why can't i find a wife like this and the video is just like this lady who's she's wearing like an apron and a vintage style dress or whatever, but she's like in, you know, caked on makeup and crazily done up hair and like flouncing around the kitchen, closing the uh, oven door with her butt and stuff. Like <laughs> basically like, dude, this is like, basically what looks like a porn actress but you put her in a trad dress it's just like she's acting like it's hard to describe without just the subtle actions it's just like it seems so inappropriate and i'm like this is not this is not what you should want in a wife a lady who acts like this (laughs) i don't know this thread is like 
your brain on porn if you like this as a guy. <laughs> like, like, it's not know. bad if she's wearing vintage clothing. <laughs> yeah. So that's what kind of got us started down this rabbit hole of looking yeah. into trad wife. Yeah. The and, trad wife phenomenon. And disclaimer, there are some genuinely good things coming out of the phenomenon, like people wanting to stay home with their children if they're able to. People wanting to dress modestly and wear nice clothes. They don't have to be from the 1950s. I'm just saying, like just wearing nice outfits, right? Yeah, I feel like we're going to be going back and forth between criticizing stuff about this movement and then defending it against some of its detractors and defending the good parts of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the difference is part of it, you've got people who are essentially doing cosplay uh, and it's their Mm. LARPing tradition or LARPing this traditional lifestyle. And it's absolutely an aesthetic. And the truth behind it is worth defending. But once you start moving further and further away from that truth, you know, it gets, it goes to the point of, I mean, they enjoy the aesthetic and that's fine, but mm-hmm. eventually it gets to a point of ridicule. And then eventually even further, it gets to the point of pornification. Mm-hmm. It's another way that I, th- I think the demonic is trying to attack the family, right? It's just like, ah, so I can't, I can't draw them in by, you know, looking like something, um, I don't know, bad. So I'm going to sneak in and try and make myself look like one of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, uh, one of my favorite scenes ever in uh, Futurama, where he's arguing with the robot devil, Bender and robot devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Bender just says, no way. There's no way you can't tempt me, no matter what. I won't like betray Fry, my best friend. And the robot devil says, really? There's nothing you want? And Bender says, oh, I forgot you could tempt me with things that I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's basically what it is. Like These guys who, on some level are trying to be virtuous, trying to break out of the culture and its hooks of pornography and going after like fornication and stuff like that. And they want to get married and live a traditional lifestyle. And the devil's like, okay, so they're not out there watching like all the stuff I'm hooking the other guys with, but I can get them this way, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I well, can get them other ways. Well, it's even interesting too. Um, the stay at home homemaker, the stay-at-home mom, the yeah, home homemaker, housewife is kind of being turned into like something else too. Like there's this whole movement of the stay-at-home girlfriend, and Matt Walsh had talked about this the other day, very conveniently timed with us. And uh, yeah, there are people that are just like, okay, I'm a stay-at-home girlfriend, and this is my life, and this is what I do. I clean the house, and I make his food, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, ah, so. You're trying to look like a stay-at-home, homemaking housewife, but you're not married. That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And they're trying to encourage other people to do it. That's the thing. They want to encourage other women to just, like, live at home with their boyfriends and just take care of them and not not be in an actual committed relationship. Yeah. Like Tim said, that's one of the places where it falls into ridicule, I think. Like, I... At least to me, it's just totally ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And on the practical side, I think that it's actually the stay-at-home girlfriend is actually more of a dangerous situation for the people involved. Because, you know, if you're in a marital relationship, you've got legal contracts you've got that are in place or, you know, there's legal protections for you. You know, okay, you're stay-at-home mom. If something happens, 
the law, the government will have your back saying, okay, you can't just leave this woman out in the cold. There has to be some provision for her livelihood for the children and such. But if you're just a stay at home girlfriend and the marriage or the marriage, the uh, relationship ends, then what you've given up your livelihood for this fantasy role-playing game that you've been doing. And you've got nothing left at this point because you've been pouring yourself entirely into this relationship. You've been pouring and what's left. I mean, the relationship is gone. You don't have a job. You don't have your own place to live. There's nothing there. And now you have to provide for yourself. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will ridicule the um, the stay at home wife or stay at home mom uh, with with the same kinds of things, right? Like you're 100 percent dependent on your husband, like financially. What would you do if he kicked you to the curb or <laughs> he died or something? And it's just like okay, but that's not really what what we're in it for, right? Like there's a, there's a hierarchy too, especially because there's a sacrament of marriage there, so you're held. Um, culpable to not only society but to god and that's a serious offense if if a man like abandons his wife (laughs) true yeah there's a couple things that that go into that right right Mm -hmm. like you have the legal protections of course because you're actually married so there's the legal protections of course but then there's also the fact that although you're taking a risk you're doing it for something with a legitimate reward in a marriage. Mm-hmm. You're actually taking on that risk in order to build a legitimate family with children and a husband mm-hmm. and try to build something, right? It's not like when you're a stay-at-home girlfriend and you just kind of want to feel appreciated or feel like you have that calm relaxed lifestyle Mm -hmm. you're taking greater risks and you're taking them for much lesser reasons so the other side of this is the trad wife phenomenon overlaps with just actual stay-at-home moms Mm -hmm. and uh the criticisms of them overlap as well especially i think the leftist feminist criticisms Mm -hmm. of them you get a lot of uh a criticism of women in the trad wife movement for being right wing, people accusing them of being alt right, quote unquote, and from there going up the chain of white supremacists and Nazis and things like that. And they go all the way up to the Trump card, which is Nazis promoted stay at home moms, and they, uh, they wouldn't let women go out and work and blah, blah, blah. I had to start there as <laughs> the probably the most extreme of the criticisms, which is if you're if you like being a trad wife, you're actually a Nazi, blah blah blah. Yeah, which is which is wild because it's like, <laughs> hold on, hold on, whatever your name is, relax. Like I think about what I do on a day to day basis and I think how how is this possibly like <laughs> harming any human? Like at all. <laughs> yes, you stay home and care for your kids. That's clearly equivalent to what the Nazis did. Ah, yes, to murder. Of course. Oh, yeah. Now, <laughs> I I did research this a little bit just to look into, did they really do this? They kind of did in the 30s. They forced women to stay home and kind of in their propaganda promoted like the strong German family and women staying home and stuff like that. My summary would be why 
did Germans promote their families in the 30s? Well, I would say they promoted women staying home in the 30s for the same reason they sent them all to the factories in the 40s. It's because it fit with their imperialistic agendas. In the 30s, they weren't at war. What did they want? More Germans. They wanted a strong country. So they wanted the side effect of a strong society, and they were pragmatic in a sense. I mean, they were utilitarian, but they did what every, in a sense, what every strong society did and tried to build up their families. I mean, they destroyed the families they didn't like, but they <laughs> tried to build up the ones they did like because they're utilitarian monsters. But they didn't actually believe in the good of the people that they were trying to build families of. Hence, they had no qualms tearing those same families apart in order to send the fathers across the world to try to conquer and send the women into the factories to make ammunition. So that's what I say to the Nazi claim. It's just, it's the most shallow thing ever. Because like, think about how many societies in history have been built on strong families, basically all of them. The fact that <laughs> Nazi propaganda promoted it at one point in their history and then changed, it's totally based on convenience. Extremely stupid criticism. Yeah. And this is something that we saw, that, that I saw in my research for this topic. Now, I will say most of my research was watching YouTube videos, very, very carefully scrolling through uh, Instagram. And I stayed super far away from Reddit because I was so scared of what I would see there. But uh, oh, one commentator... Days on Reddit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but one commentator was... I, I'm hyperbolizing this, but she was saying that the trad wife movement is going to devastate our society and destroy it because it's taking away the rights of women and it's not inclusive and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, well, I'm sorry that if I'm staying home and taking care of my children and teaching them, you know, the one true faith is, is, is making you upset, but I'm not teaching my kids to go and kill people or hurt people or anything. Now, what what's not inclusive about the stay-at-home mom thing? I mean, I was like, thinking, I was like, there's very few barriers to entry other than just doing it. So, what's I mean, like this idea of inclusivity? It's like, okay, if you want to go be a trad wife, go be a trad wife. Do the thing. Yeah. No one well, is going to stop you. If you're part of the uh, LMNOP brigade, though, you well, the logic basically goes... Well, I mean, I'm, if you're playing Cowboys and Indians like that, I mean, you can be whatever you want. I mean, you can be a <laughs> trad wife with feathers. I mean, it's just... Yeah, we don't need trad wives. We need trans wives. <laughs> but I think the logic Tran basically went... Trans wives. Yeah. I'm gay, therefore I can't be a stay-at-home mom. Therefore, this promoting this as the ideal oppresses me because I can't reach the ideal. And some of them were trying to convince um, the viewer that being a stay-at-home mom or being or taking on these wholesome trad wife uh, lifestyle choices, like taking care of your children, staying home, mm -hmm. homemaking, maybe not working or working only part-time or working from the home, was uh, a crushing blow to what feminists fought for. <laughs> and at the end of this one commentator's spiel, 
Um, she was just, she was so heated about like, you know, there are people that don't want women to have access to birth control and access to abortion. Like we have to fight these people. It's like, sorry, we're just trying to not kill like small children. We're trying no, to help if, women in good, in good ways. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> not sorry. If <laughs> women find a way to be happy and have the kind of life that they want and it is a crushing blow to feminism, man, it needs to be crushed. Yeah. Amen. I, I mean, there's a level of natural happiness that you're finding here and it's because you found the good in this idea. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Well, I'm sorry. That's opposed to this, this idealized feminism that we have. So it, you, I'm sorry. We just can't have you be happy. No, come on. This, this is not a winning argument for them. No. Well, it's, it's funny, but it's also very, very sad because I'm sure that's the view that a lot of people who maybe are in, in a mindset where they think that they have to fight patriarchy and inclusivity is like, like the number one thing you have to worry about. I'm very sympathetic to people that are hurting and are wounded. I want to put that out there. But it's like, I don't know, I just don't see how having a lifestyle where your family comes first, and you want to encourage other people to do the same thing is bad. Like, I don't need a job to feel fulfilled because my end goal is not to have money. My end goal is not to have some kind of material gain. My end goal is to get me and my spouse to heaven and hope that I can educate my children and teach them to pray so that they can come there too. That is my end goal. And this is how I can achieve it, or at least I'm going to try to achieve it in this way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We actually find happiness far more through what we do and the actions that we take than through what we acquire. And that's really like the society that we live in is built off of this capitalistic structure that says you need to acquire more, you need more, more, more all the time. And it's just this, it's this absolute lie and it's stripping us of our happiness. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if we were to go out and give up all the excess that we're constantly working towards, how much more time would we have? How much more uh, resources would we have at our disposals to go live lives that wouldn't make us happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think you really hit it by saying it's not a winning argument because what I see in these arguments, and I've seen it in multiple ones in the past week from leftists, is basically they describe the trad wife phenomenon a little bit. They don't criticize it directly they try to link it to something bad and then say look the people doing this are bad people because they're nazis or they're alt-white alt-right or they're white supremacists they can't say anything bad about someone who's choosing to stay home and care for their family because it's just it's too good (laughs) it's so obvious that it's not something bad (laughs) yeah if you if you really want to make them mad just say i stay home and i take care of my children and my husband. <laughs> there will be, there will be a petition against you on change.org so fast. Um, no, I love I love these arguments because like I saw a video from Catholic Answers that over I guess it was right before Christmas that I saw this video and it was this girl they did a side-by-side. It was this girl talking about paganism and how Christianity has co-opted all these things from paganism. And she starts rambling and just naming off all these things like 
trees and garlands <laughs> and this, that, and the other. And finally, the commentator on this on the other side of the screen is like, "Are we just naming random stuff here? Do you guys, <laughs> does paganism get full credit for you know creating decorating your house?" Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, okay, so the like you were saying, the Nazis did this. Like, okay, cool. Well, I mean, we're talking about basic human things here. You know, staying at home and raising your kids is not <laughs> didn't come to didn't come to be in the 1930s. There's actually yeah. a a few books about. It. I think I read uh, one called Little Women, where they where people were raised in the house. I, yeah, yeah. So probably never heard of it. Trying to li- <laughs> trying to link the yeah <laughs> weird little book because yeah somebody Alcott. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't let the Nazis have Fanta. We shouldn't let them have the family either. <laughs> oh, thank goodness for that. When Mike and I were talking about this, and I was, you know, telling him about how you know women take staying home and taking care of their their kids and taking care of their husbands, I had to like double down and be like, but not babying him, like not what what did I say exactly? Do you remember? Yeah, she was saying something about how you're saying you liked taking care of your husband, but not like a baby or something like that, or not babying him. Yeah, and I just yeah. kind of laughed because it seemed like it wasn't really implied by what you said, but like the culture encourages us to jump to like, if you're taking care of someone, then you're treating them like a baby. Just made me think of how like attitudes change without like a multi-generational family where people all take care of each other, even though they're adults. Don't think of like a spouses taking care of each other. Like it seems like the modern ideal for a marriage or for quote unquote partners is just two individuals that live their own life in the same house. They don't take care of each other, taking care of people's for babies or maybe not for babies actually. And taking care of each other is like, there's multiple levels to it too. Yes. I can do my husband's laundry and I love doing laundry by the way. I just naturally do. I have since I lived at home ever since I was like preteen. It's just one of those things. I'm weird for it. Yeah, because you were a white supremacist back then. Oh, man, it all makes sense. Did did you know that fabric softener actually came from Nazi Germany? I don't use fabric softener. (laughs) 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 I don't use fabric softener. Um, Uh, But yeah, like... Don't think you can wriggle out of it this that is, easily. This is, you're still a Nazi, even if you don't use fabric softener. This is like that scene from Half Baked, where they're sitting there like, have you ever seen a $20 on weed? <laughs> <laughs> I take care of the house. I'm really good at it. I like to, or I think I'm really good at it. I take care of myself. I exercise. I eat well. I have hobbies. I take care of my children, teach them every morning. And I take care of my husband. I make us I make us amazing food. I take care of our house. I take care of our children. And the same goes to him. He takes care of me. He takes care of our children. He takes care of our house doing different jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're on the same team. We just have different roles to play. And that's good because that's how teams work. Yeah. Feminism creates a uh, hockey team with six goalies on the ice. <laughs> just makes no sense. Our goal is to get each other to heaven and to, and to raise up good kids. For us, it's mm-hmm. me staying home and educating them. Yeah. And, and I do accept that there are different, like some families can't afford to do certain things or it doesn't work out for them. And But uh, yeah, I think there are good things that come from spouses taking care of each other and i am not ashamed or embarrassed when i say i take care of my husband he takes care of me it works great 
So, I mean, with all the different ways that people are saying like, oh, this is love and that is love and that is, this is love. What is the argument to say that the way that you two are expressing love is illegitimate? I mean, if, you know, for the left, if love is an open concept, if love is love, as they've got a billion ugly t-shirts that say, where do they find purchase to say that, oh, you know, this is love and this is love, but I'm sorry, the way that you guys are loving, um, that's just, that's not love. That's actually subjugation. I think the key is uh, they don't like the concept of sacrifice Mm -hmm. because we have to sacrifice various comforts to live or or various luxuries to live the way that we do. That's a great point. I mean, because it that flies in the face of gratification. Yeah. And it's, you know, that rocks the foundation of their movement. It rocks the foundation of their society. Because, you know, like we were saying, you know, we live in a runaway train of a capitalist society. And gratification is the fuel that's in the engine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like how on a spiritual level, what's evil doesn't like being exposed to light. And a society that's evil doesn't like having a good example held up to it, honestly. Like, a society oh, yeah. it, that hates the family doesn't like having a family it'll held do, up to it. It'll do whatever it can to bring it down to the dirt, bring it down to its level. Because, okay, yeah, you know, like, like we're saying, you know, it, it sees the natural good there. It sees that that's a desirable thing. Brooke, you said, you know, they don't want to sacrifice and it takes sacrifice to make that work. So if you bring it down to the dirt, you don't have to change because it's just as dirty as you are. Mm-hmm. You don't have to bring yourself up to its level. You can bring it down to you. Their agenda is very much, if you want something, you can take it. You can have it. And nobody is going to tell you no. Within Catholicism, it was like we were bought. Like there was a price tag for our freedom, right? Like God, lit- God gave us his son to save us. That's the greatest sacrifice you could have. And our marriages have to emulate that sacrifice for each other. Wives, be submissive to your husbands. And people always forget, or often do, husbands, love your love your wives as Christ loves the church. That's through his own blood. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Literally shed. <laughs> Tortured, beaten, crucified. Mm-hmm. The actual secular deadly sins. Oh, no, it was Gandhi. Gandhi, uh, it was uh, wealth without work, pleasure without conscience, science without humanity, knowledge without character, politics without principle, commerce without morality, and worship without sacrifice. So, you know, these are the these are the deadly sins according to Mahatma Gandhi. And I thought that, like, okay, yeah, you know, coming from a non-Christian perspective, like, man, you know, that hits because that cuts to the part uh, like to just the core of a lot of the modern failings that we have or not even modern failings but just a lot of the failings that we have we want the wealth without the work we want to rule without being accountable politics of principle you know Mm -hmm. we don't want to be held accountable for how we treat people like okay so you know we've got this technological machine that we live in for example apple the way that they make those phones is horrific like people that they use are not compensated the way they should be the conditions that they work under are terrible you know that's commerce without a morality behind it so you really do have to be careful how you approach that as well i'm going to go off on a huge tangent here if i keep going but you know and then we're, I'm sorry. This is so many of my soapboxes all in one. 
worship without sacrifice. And it's like these churches, like I, I grew up Protestant and, you know, how do you have a church without an altar when the central moment of the Christian story, you know, happened, began with sacrifice, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately it goes all the way through the resurrection, but you know, you can't have the resurrection without Calvary. You can't have a church without an altar. Like I said, I'm going to go off on a billion tangents here. There's, this is, that's, mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite, like one of my favorite quotes is just this list of the seven deadly secular sins and just, and it fits in so great here because this outlines so many problems that are going on in this movement is like, they want this aesthetic without having to put in the sacrifice. They want to have this kind of feel to their relationship without actually having the relationship and doing what it takes to get it. They're putting it on like a cosplay costume. And they're pretending to be Spider-Man. They can't yeah, shoot web. And I think what leans yeah. more in, in the stay at home, the stay at home girlfriend type trend or so one thing that I considered while we were prepping this episode was how at first I was looking at the trad wife movement and the trad wife hashtag and the good things that were coming out of it, the really ugly things like Mike had mentioned with um, the fetish fetishes and those weird circles. One thing that I kept being drawn back to was that the concept of there's a family behind this. The core of this is family. And uh, it's not just about a trad wife, but it's about a family that's working together to make things work for their families to be happy and holy. And that should be celebrated. Like that's a, that's great. <laughs> it's not just a trad wife. It's a trad family. Yeah. A family that prays together, stays together or, or do their very best. You know what I mean? Like when, when you, when the fundamental core of that family is the worship of God, that, oh, yeah. that holds you together. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh yeah. It absolutely elevates the relationship. It elevates the community inside mm -hmm. of that family. We can only reach so high on our own. Once you, you know, but if you're founding your family on principles like that, it takes you to a whole other level. Yeah, and there's there are studies that prove that couples that that pray generally find more happiness in their relationships. Right. I wrote this little blurb while I was prepping for the episode, and uh, I want to read it because I want to see what people would think. Imagine if a man just came out there and proclaimed from the rooftops, I'm a trad man. I will be the breadwinner for my family. I desire children. I'd love for my wife to educate them if it will work for us. I'd love to make sure my family is safe, protected, and financially stable to the best of my abilities. I want a wife that will pray with me and respect me, and I will cherish that woman, and I will die for her. How many ladies do you think would be like, ooh, that's basically what Catholic Twitter is. Yeah. <laughs> because the, the other Catholic side Twitter of Twitter is a dating cesspool. Man. <laughs> there is at least a significant uh, matchmaking portion of Catholic Twitter. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but that's, that's the other side of like the trad wife. Um, yeah. That's like the, a trad husband hashtag kind of manifesto right yeah and those are all good things like if i think back to like my high my high school years or my university days i mean mike was in the picture first year but it was like that all sounds like great stuff that that requires a lot of from me but i can see that being an amazing lifestyle I mean, no, nothing bad about that <laughs> mike's like yep that's the life i have now kind of <laughs> look looks at brooke wearing her kirkland sweatpants 
<laughs> there was no mention of uh, vintage dresses on that list, so we're good. I have I have those Mormon dresses because that's the only place I can find dresses I like. Catholics <laughs> got to step up on dressmaking around here. It's true. Creeping Mormonism. <laughs> <laughs> Start buying all these dresses from Utah, and all of a sudden Mormons show up on your doorstep. You know? <laughs> I mean, Mike got me a sewing machine for Christmas, so it's going to be happening. Sexist, white supremacist, <laughs> Nazi. I asked okay. for the sewing machine <laughs> to make dresses with pockets. I've got this friend, Emily, that I was talking to. She is a pocket advocate, like... She was telling me about watching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She was telling me about watching last of the Mohicans and the, how like this girl in last of the Mohicans picks up this big old like gun and you know, you know, they're not, they don't have like little Glock, you know, P 43s in, in the Mohicans and last of the Mohicans. It's a good size gun. And she slips it, you know, gently into her pocket and the whole thing fits in. And she's kind of trounces off. And Emily's like, I need pockets like that. And I was like, you know what? You need to go ahead, learn how to sew and just start buying jeans and putting just giant man sized pockets in these women's jeans. You'll make a million dollars. The only thing that you'll ever have to do is sew in the pockets. You know what? This is true because like I have two pairs of sweatpants from Costco. One of them is a ladies pair and one of them is a men's pair. The ladies pair can just barely fit my, my Samsung phone. The man's pair can fit my can fit my Samsung phone and then some. Mm-hmm. Like if that's not sexist, I don't know what is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's feminism right there. You can't have mm-hmm. phones. Yeah, feminism is small pockets. Yeah. Dang. Small pocket mm-hmm. energy. <laughs> <laughs> so what can we take from the the trad wife movement? What's the good stuff about it? If you had to sum it up, I'm going to ask you, each of you. The trad part and the wife part, not the hashtag. But it's terrible. At some point, at some level, it does promote something that is good. Yeah. Now, our ability to see that good, our ability to recognize and grasp onto that and to achieve it, that takes work. But humanity is good at its core. We are created to be good. We are created to be what we are as saints. And so there's a part of us that's always going to see good and latch on to good. Goodness and beauty and truth are, uh, tr- are transcendental for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the reason that people are latching onto this idea is because it is good, it's beautiful, and it's true. What we do from, with it from there, I mean, you can look around you and see what our society looks like. So we take lots of beauty, we take a lot of goodness, and we take a lot of truth, and we absolutely sully it, muddy it, and try and bring it down to our level like I was talking about earlier. It points to something good. It points to something higher. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. The idea of taking that good core of like promoting the family, of rejecting the greed of, you know, having everyone, everyone work, having parents working when they don't need to, having children be sent, you know, sent away and uh, raised by strangers and the emphasis on living a wholesome life that's human centric and not money centric. That's, that's the core. But yeah. I think there are a lot of good things that can come out of the movement and let's just take the good from the move, the, from the movement, right? Oh, yeah. People dressing modestly, which does not just include, include 1950s clothing, just full disclaimer. 
being a stay-at-home mom, being a homemaker is not like in this tiny little box that says 1950s housewife. Um, and I will die on that hill. <laughs> I was so tempted to send us down so many uh, rabbit holes and sidetracks, but oh, it's I hard. held off. This is oh, a hard man. topic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it, it, it hits so many different things. I mean, personal relationships, economics, society as a whole. I mean, just like there's... Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Um, what good things do you think could come from the, the trad movement or stay-at-home moms? Trad wife. Trad wife movement, yeah. And also, don't be a stay-at-home... Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't, don't pretend say- to be a married. <laughs> don't be a stay-at-home girlfriend. You gotta finish yeah. the sentence. Just <laughs> don't pretend. <laughs> don't be a stay at home, says the stay at home mom. <laughs> you like the thing you should have put a ring on it. <laughs> anyway, until next time. Stay, stay tradwifey. Tradie. <laughs> That's it. That's what it's gonna be. 